Welcome to season two of the Craft Beer Connoisseurs podcast. I'm Tyler. If you're new to the podcast, we're three friends and a producer who like to showcase craft breweries and their beers. Also, we like to end every episode with a short conversation on a variety of different topics. If you're not new to the podcast, well, welcome back. We will keep things similar to season one. After all, if it isn't broken, don't fix it. Whether you're new or returning, please feel free to listen to all of our season one content. And remember, to follow us on Instagram at Craft Beer Cons, send a friend request on Untapped, or subscribe on YouTube at Craft Beer Connoisseurs. Also, drop a comment, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now for today's episode. Welcome to the Craft Beer Connoisseurs. I'm Tyler. I'm Brett. And I'm Chris. And along with us today is producer Elliot. Hello, Welcome, Elliot. Elliot. Hey. Welcome. Yeah, so in today's episode, we're going to be reviewing some beers from Farm League Brewing out of Cambridge, Ontario. And in terms of beers, we will be reviewing two of them. The okay. first is the Kolsch named Big Ticket, and the second is a West Coast IPA named West Coast Hoppers. Ooh. Nice. And then to close out the episode, we're going to be talking about Major League Baseball's new CBA and how baseball is back, baby. All right, and we're back. Inning number one. Play ball. Oh, that's Ooh, nice. I should have done aggressive. that. That's good. Aggressive. Where was the national anthem? <laughs> it was in between the break. Yeah. yeah. You're going to see that, right? The TV goes away. It's commercial. Yes, national correct. anthem. Right. Yeah, true. Yeah, there you go. So Farm League Brewing is uh, located at 295 Ainsley Street South in Cambridge. Some might call it Galt. Like the cans. The yeah, cans. The brewery say does, does say that they're in Galt. Yeah. And we, we know that the cans can never be wrong. Right. <laughs> never seen that before. Yeah, right? <laughs> so with its doors opening in the summer of last year, and then the tap room was kind of a little bit uh, delayed in September, uh, Farm League resides in an over 100-year-old building. Yeah. used to be a knife factory. Ooh. <laughs> on the cutting edge, if you will. Uh, also belonged to Grand River Brewing, um, which they were actually bought by Magnata in 2018 and moved all of their operations to Vaughn in 2020. So yep. I've driven past this place numerous times. We'll get there a little bit later on, I'm sure. But yeah. On. So the brewery is owned by four individuals, uh, Colin McKinnon, Mike Mayo, Matt Bosmer. Uh, and so we'll kind of get into a little bit later, but we, Brett and I actually chatted with Matt a little bit uh, did, and yes. Tyler Campbell. What a name. Um, yeah. It's... Yeah. Good last name, Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> Soup's on. Yeah. So all four of them were friends in university. You know, they were crushing the James Reddy 5.5s, uh, you know, not, not really into the craft beer at, all, at that point. Um, but then they all, after university, worked at Ontario breweries. Um, like Muskoka and Lake of the Bays, uh, Lake of Bays for Colin. Matt worked at Collective Arts, Tyler at Wellington, and Mike at Fixed Gear. Oh. Um, so then after university, they all, you know, continued to keep in touch, ventured into their own, you know, little things, but continued to get together, stay connected, talk about beer. And then, you know, they'd always kind of talked about having a dream of creating beers and then COVID hit and they, you know, a lot of their regular jobs kind of took a pause so they're like let's get this thing going it's kind of like us you know in terms of covid hit and then we decided to do a podcast right yeah yeah just one question yeah. and i don't yeah. know if it's mentioned later on but did we find out where they went to school guelph guelph yes okay. guelph. i think right. two or three of them are actually for, still residing guelph this yeah sure. cool um so you know talks kind of business plans zoning issues all stuff that tyler really enjoys uh were discussed and the original plan i was love talks <laughs> 
<laughs> so the original plan was to rent it out of a farm, hence the name that they fell in love with. But an ecological study by the region of Waterloo prevented them from doing so. Mm-hmm. And so they hooked up with a local realtor, uh, looked at properties in Guelph, Paris, but through a bit of luck found that the Grand River building was up for sale but was unlisted. Nice. Uh, so an offer was made and bam, bought the building. Yeah. Right. So getting equipment was the next hurdle. Uh, so that, when that's important for a brewery. yeah, you do yeah. need to have equipment okay. to brew beer. This is good to know. So when <laughs> a- Aber was kind of going through their rebrand, if you will, uh, their equipment was up for purchase, including a 200 barrel uh, brew system, which can make 23,000 liters of beer, and was quickly snagged up. Yeah, yeah. So, that for a weekend, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's all like five days, right? <laughs> <laughs> so this is the best part, and, and Matt was having a good time telling us this story. Yeah. Um, so the glycol chiller, which allows breweries to lower the temperature of the product dramatically over a short period of time was actually on the roof of Abe's or Aberb's main location, Uptown Waterloo. So at King and Victoria, Uptown if you're familiar. Uptown Waterloo! <laughs> so they had to apply to shut down the road, get construction crews out with signs and flags just to get it removed. But yeah. then when Matt attempted to walk into the region of Waterloo office to apply for the permit, nobody was there because it was in the middle of a <laughs> lockdown and everybody was working from home. Yeah. So it was a real struggle, but they eventually did pull it off the roof. Uh, and obviously now makes its residence at Farmley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he, he was like you said, having a good time telling us that story. It was basically like you said, shut down the road, get one of those you know wide load trucks, bring it, bring it to their location in Galt. So, yeah, pretty pretty cool. Um, so the name Farm League, we had asked Matt kind of like you know what wh- what's up with that name. So, uh, like Brett mentioned originally, they kind of wanted to have the beer on a farm or have the brewery on a farm, right? So that kind of ties into the farm and also. They kind of view craft beer as like the minor leagues or the farm league to mm-hmm. the to the major guys, you know, the macro players um, and kind of, you know, an underdog. So they just kind of felt like even though they weren't going to be on a farm, that that name still applied. Yeah, yeah. which is nice. Now, we're going to kind of see some of the, the cans here shortly, but uh, they had another friend. So this is just a, a friendly operation. Lots of friends. <laughs> uh, Brandon from Bluebird Design, which is actually based out of Guelph. So again, kind of tying in a, a lot of that Guelph, Cambridge area. Um, and then Brandon does, you know, most of the graphic design for the cans. So hopefully it's good. Yeah. And, and so I think uh, Matt said that Brandon went to university with them as well. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. It must it, be nice to have more it, than three friends. Yeah, I know, yes. right? In yeah. the same friend group. And, and everybody's under 30 too. Wow. Yeah. Take can't, us on. Can't say that about us. Uh, <laughs> I can. Uh, I'm, I'm still under 30. Yeah. 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 Well, the other few months. It's must too be bad. nice. Um, yeah. Did, so, did Brandon do any of the actual design for the Farmly logo itself? Did you, do you find out? Yes. He, okay. he, he did do that for them. Um, I, like it. I like it. And we'll see. Uh, we're having one of their core beers today in the Kolsch. Um, but you'll see in their core cans, they're very simple. Um, they just kind of have their logo and the... Um, you know, in the name of the beer, but when we get into kind of their one-offs and seasonals, things like that, like the West Coast hoppers that Branding we're having, does a little bit more work. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. They, they tap them to, to do a little bit more. And speaking of work that he put in, I know it's not listed here, but uh, Matt was telling us a story about how they were a little bit slow in terms of their opening taproom day, so they needed a guy to play music and Brandon's a musician. So he sat there and played seven hours straight from like one to eight because they couldn't line any, right. any other musicians. Yeah. It was kind of funny. You think that his hands, you know, would be the thing that you 
need to, you know, protect, right? For doing the bluebird uh, designs <laughs> Design, kind of stuff. Yeah. And you're out here, you know, saying we don't have an insurance policy on you, but get there and start strumming a guitar for seven hours. <laughs> yeah. like, come on. I think he took a few breaks in between, but you know, you can only uh, yeah. play Wonderwall so many times. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. So uh, inside of the brewery, because I was the person to go and get everything. Thank yes, you. Yeah. Thank you very yeah, much. You're yeah. welcome. Uh, so string lights, smooth wood tables, exposed brick. Uh, you know, it's a great spot to sit and have a flight. So I had the Pills Have Eyes, which is a Pilsner. Who could have thought? Uh, their Brave Noise uh, collaboration. It's a pale ale. Fun Police, which is a fun name for an IPA. And their uh, Sun Dive Cranberry Gosa. Uh, plus, I had a little taste of their Black IPA. You know, great atmosphere, good uh, friendly staff service, uh, everything else in between. Wish you guys could have came, but obviously, uh, you know, different things happen. Yeah. But next time. Tyler, when you drive by the building, mm-hmm. you should pull into the building. Okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, I used to go by it all the time when I was on my way to Kitchener for like baseball, right? When I was oh, yes. living in Brantford and yeah. heading down that way and I was kind of cut off and instead of going down, I believe it's Water Street. So mm-hmm. kind of like do a little dart around. So what's the what's the kind of size of the brewery? like? About you- this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd say probably be t- between uh, 60 and 70 people in there. Okay. So yeah. 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 Decent size, because because I, I did a you know little Google Maps uh, street view of the building, and it looks like a pretty big building, uh, right. but obviously a lot of it is you know used for the actual brewing yes. process, right? For sure, for yeah. sure. And in terms of beers, um, there's actually 34 beers that were created by. Um, uh, Farm League with an overall rating of 3.69. Uh, so they believe that craft beer is a community and they have had a, l- a lot of collabs, but also feel as though a friendly little competition never hurt anybody. Yeah. Uh, so they've it's Farm League for Exactly, you. right? Yeah. So they've collaborated with the old Galt Bottle Shop in Cambridge for their Down by the River Pale Ale, uh, with Powerhouse out of London for their Memories at Bamberg, which is an amber lager, uh, with Wavemaker out of Cambridge for their Grizzy, which is a Grisette, and then two collabs with previous breweries that we've had on the episode. So Counterpoint, I know Chris, big fan. Yep. Um, fan. So they made a Dead Hippie Double IPA. You were really excited to see that in your treat bag today. I did, yeah. And uh, from Good Lot, the Highway Hopnosis, which is a Bavarian Pilsner. Nice. There you go. So do we want to kind of get into beers that we've had there? I think this should be uh, yeah, probably they- a very extensive <laughs> section here. So uh, let's start with... Um, I don't know, Brett. Why don't we start with you? <laughs> Hello, that's me. Uh, so I've had six. You wave, just so everybody knows. You did wave. <laughs> I'm Brett. <laughs> they need to know. Uh, so I've had six. So four, as previously mentioned, in my flight, because um, I didn't count, I didn't untap the taste of the black IPA. Um, and then I've also had the nondescript mint chocolate stout, as well as the nondescript chocolate peanut butter cup stout. Can you describe it? Um, well, they're dark. <laughs> okay. <Cool>. okay. <laughs> and, and, and they have the flavors of a stout with, no. And, and one of those you had while we were chatting yes. with Matt, right? So one of yeah. those, uh, did, uh, um, I did have with the chat with Matt what and it was actually, sucker. right? Oh it was actually the highest, goodness. it's actually the highest rated one, uh, that I had. At it's because of the company you had. With Maybe. Right? Yes. Yeah. Chris was lovely and Matt as well. Um, <laughs> now I did grab you guys uh, a couple things from, um, um, Farm League. Yes, you did. Um, however, in producer Elliot's is one down. Because wow. one of them, when I was packaging everything, did hint, uh, hint, hit my floor in the garage and smash everywhere. I think the um, disdain between you and producer Elliot is going to come up a little bit later on. So maybe that's a little foreshadowing. Um, but yeah, for everybody else, uh, the beers that we've had, um, Chris, uh, can you count on your hand how many you've had, please? Uh, yeah, Big Donut. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've had uh, zero zilch, and uh, we've got Elliot with... Um, also zero. Nada. Absolutely nothing. nothing. But hey, <laughs> you guys are going to have a lot more to do because there's stuff waiting for you. Uh, in terms of beers, they do have a lot of things coming on their 
coming out on their way. So German Weiss, a Hefeweizen, along with a sour that is aging in a tequila barrel. That's going to be brought out soon, possibly with some adjunct thrown into it, maybe some lime for a Cinco de Mayo. We're going to get a lot of that for Elliot because yes, he loves his tequila. loves it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you feel like it, you know, you can shoot them a text to see what's going on. Nice. It's on the can, so you'll see that. There you go. Uh, their bottle shop. Yeah, just keep going. I was hey. going to say, maybe Chris might want to have opportunity nope, to I'll say let Chris something. Go. There you go. Yeah. Well, Chris yeah, their, their bottle shop is open uh, every day of the week, um, Monday Sunday, Monday, Tuesday from 12 to 6, Wednesday, Thursday from 12 to 8, and Friday, Saturday from 12 to 10. Tap Room uh, is only open Wednesday, Thursday, 12 to 8, Friday, Saturday, 12 to 10, and Sunday, 12 to 6. And then delivery. They do do local delivery within 50 kilometers. Okay. Uh, there's a $10 charge on orders below 40, but it is free over 40 on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Collaborate with people. Get that free delivery. Nice. Absolutely. So we're going to link to their information so you can collaborate on our social media. All right. Let's go. Let's try some beers, boys. Big thank you to the wonderful staff at Farm League for recording the beers for today's episode. Every and single one of them. Yep. Yes. Every single every, one. Every staff member. Yes. And obviously Matt for the hour-long chat. Ooh. Like it was, yeah, it was a good time for sure. It was a good time. And uh, you only went through the one beer in that time? I did. He went through both of them. Nice. Yeah, he, he had both the Kolsch <laughs> and the West Coast Hoppers while he was talking to us. Ah, uh, I like got, that. That's yeah. cool. He wanted to give us some notes and everything like that. So yeah. the first beer we're having is Big Ticket, which as we've noted is a Kolsch. Uh, 5.2 ABV and the IBUs are unlisted uh, and Matt kind of made a point that they don't really keep tabs of the bitterness within their beers. Yeah. So every beer that they have is not going to have an IBUs listed. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well. So the description of this beer from Farm League is a lagered ale inspired by, inspired by the historic Kolsch beer of Cologne, Germany. Mm-hmm. Crisp, unique, subtle, but oh so drinkable. <laughs> <laughs> this German-style Kolsch is a beer hybrid bringing the best of both worlds between a classic ale and a crisp lager. This was their first beer that they made. That's not part of the description. That's just facts. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's true. Or, or Tyler, do you want to throw s- some other facts? Spitting facts, yeah. So th- this uh, information comes from the ticket office. So if you're going to go pick up the big ticket, that's where you want to get this from. Yep. Um, call. Yeah, exactly. This is an all barley brew. Okay. It is. So we've got Cascade. We've got the Hollow 2. We've got the Magnum Hops utilizing basic kind of German Kolsch yeast. And then lagered for, you know, three to four weeks for that optimum flavor body and that crisp, clean finish in which you mentioned previously. And yeah. so this is the one thing we, I mean, we kind of harp on lagers a little bit, right? You know, just a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, that that lagering process does take time. And there's a whole lot of effort that goes into making a beer like this. So Absolutely. We, we have to appreciate that. Definitely. So on Untapped, you can follow us at the Craft Beer Connoisseurs and on Instagram at Craft Beer Cons. So the overall rating on Untapped for Big Ticket is 3.62 out of five bottle caps and 182 check-ins. Now the can is uh, 120 check-ins, right around that average of 3.63. Draft has 23, a little lower 3.58, and then Taster has 14 with 3.47. So Quite a bit lower. Um, five, five out of fives yeah. for this beer on Untapped. So pretty we're, decent. We're missing a couple of check-ins when you do the math on it. But, yeah. uh, you know, well, that's not, that I, I think works. not everyone chooses exactly. their serving style. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Also, I will say it's kind of like my batting average, you know, five out of 182. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, and the one thing, too, is if individuals do have private accounts, you don't get to see the information. Right, right. So. 
So that's kind of just how that kind of kind of uh, like Elliot. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Very private person. <laughs> Not private enough. Um, all right, let's grab our beers. Uh, big ticket. So I got to use two hands on the can. Um, and then one here for the glass. Let me put that between the legs. Yeah, that's great. All right, and let's open her up. Ooh, and these are super cold, might I add. Mm-hmm. They are cold. The uh, refreshment of my garage is oh, where they sat. Nice. Yeah. So uh, we are drinking this beer actually out of a Pilsner glass today, which you can drink a Kolsch out of. Um, usually they, it's recommended to drink it out of a Stang glass, but unfortunately... We don't have that. But make sure to use your proper glassware. We're excited if anybody wants to send us, you know, a set of four. Oh, we'd be Stang happy with glass. that. There you yeah. go. <laughs> there you go. All right. What do you guys see here on this? Take a look on the eyes, on the nose, and then we'll do the swallow later. Uh, pretty clean, but I would say it's a little less, um, you know, see-through than I would have expected kind right. of from mm-hmm. a, a Lagerdale, um, which is fine. Um, yeah, a little cloudy. Yeah, a little bit cloudy, right? Like it's got that kind of like apple juicy kind apple of feel juicy to it. Yeah, that, that's you a know? good description. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yes. Well, <laughs> ju- apple juicy. Yeah. Best description you can come up with. Yeah. Uh, you can definitely see it's uh, a good carbonation level. Uh, yes. The head has kind of subdued pretty quickly. I think, yeah, it was all quick. of ours, yeah. which is typical. Um, and I poured pretty aggressively. Yes. Yeah. So Tyler, you are a very aggressive pour. Thank you. I don't know how to take that, but thank you. Um, on the nose, what do you guys got? Um, kind of a, a little bit of that maltiness coming through, mm-hmm. um, but also like a tiny bit of sweetness, I think. Yeah. I think it's almost like a, a sweet malt, if you will, yeah. coming through for me. Yeah. Guess we'll see when we taste it. Um, why don't we just do that thing? Let's just taste you it. All right. Best idea you've had so far. Yeah. It is oh so drinkable. A, a lot of barley. So let's, all barley. let's see how that, how that rolls. does help that it's super, super cold. It is it super is really cold. cold. <laughs> oh, like, wow. Serving temperature, almost zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is like frozen almost. Um, but no, it's good. Uh, this is definitely a drinkable beer. Definitely smooth. It's got that crispness from the lagering. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's not too aggressive anywhere in terms of like where the, the malt's not coming through aggressively. The hop's not coming through yeah. aggressively. It's just really balanced and, and nice and clean. I was just going to use well-balanced. I yeah. was going to say the exact Oh, my God. <laughs> Where would you look at What are you going to say now? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is it is very balanced. And I find with some lagers, like the aftertaste, as it kind of like goes th- kind of through, yeah. you kind of get that, I don't know if it's just, I don't know, off-putting kind of taste a little bit sometimes with lagers. Mm-hmm. This doesn't have that, right? Um I almost feel like I'm, I'm getting pretty familiar with like the Holler Two hop, and uh, and and I, I see that in this. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Yeah. You know, oftentimes with with a coal, she'll get that uh, almost like an apple kind of flavor coming through, mm-hmm. like very faint. And I am okay. getting that on this. Yeah. Um, and w- w- it's funny because when we talked to Matt, um, we were talking about how. Kolsch's are kind of similar to champagne. It's like, it's not oh. actually a Kolsch unless it's brewed in that, you know, the certain region in Germany. Um, uh, yeah, I guess it is Cologne. Yep. But they were just like, oh, whatever. We'll just call it a Kolsch rather well, than a Well, I think that's Lagerdale. what everybody yeah. does, right? Yeah, because like, I, I, I think people know what a Kolsch is. Exactly, so, right. Rather than a Lagerdale. It's so. kind of like the typical thing of calling a cold, IP, a cold IPA is a Lagerdale. 
Like it's kind of like those things like that. Right. right? So like a, a bubbly wine instead yeah. of a champagne mm. there, like a wine spritzer. <laughs> yes, thing, exactly. You know? Absolutely. Fair enough. Um, yeah, this is a, it's a, it's a nice beer. And I think that something like this is, um, you can do with lagers, you can do with Kolsch's, is have it super, super cold. Yeah. And really just truly appreciate that. Even having this on like a cold winter's day, I'm okay with that. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, we've had to endure some patios and what have you. This would be nice. I, yeah. I, yeah. I think you could have this any time of year right yeah, now. No, for sure. Uh, for sure. Yeah. I think once hopefully they get their patio opened uh, this later this year. Uh, be a great place to sit there with like traffic coming through and just being able to crush a couple of these. So what's his best paired with then? Uh, good times. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And you've earned it, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. true. So, so the reason why he says that yeah. is because it's on the can. Yeah. Right. Very true. There's a lovely blue lawn chair in the can, if anybody's wondering as well. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and then, again, the can is just very Looks simple, wicker. basic. Looks like a wicker uh, lawn bluish. chair. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Something you can pick up at Walmart. Yeah, it's actually a very nice, uh, very nice can art, actually. Yeah. Um, so Elliot's actually touching on something that we spoke with Matt about, and that's basically this Kolsch being, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, almost like an introduction to craft beer for people who are not really used to, you know, drinking craft beer. So he mentioned that their lager is the number one selling beer, but this is their second most selling beer because it's kind of like, like I said, that introduction to craft beer. People who drink, you know, Coors, Bud Light, they're not going to be offended by drinking this mm. uh, yeah. compared to the West Coast. And this is the one that does know. like the best in the restaurants and bottle shops. That sure. when, um, yeah. They sell them over, right? So Yeah. All right. Well, as uh, previously mentioned, they do have their phone number for texting them in, on the side of the can. And um, you know what? I'll pour one out for the lawn chair um, at uh, producer Elliot's place. We did have a friend. Uh, Phil, his lawn chair got absolutely decimated by a fire. Um, so we'll pour one out for him. And uh, we're going to roll into the top five flavor profiles. Uh, number one is smooth. I think we all can agree on that I agree one, with right? This, yeah, I think this yeah. is going to be a, a pretty easy five for us. Yeah, it's I think pretty so. simple, yeah. Uh, number two, clean. Very clean. Yeah, it's clean. Very clean. Bingo, bingo, bongo. Number three, crushable. Yeah, absolutely. I could crush this, yeah. Good. And uh, four, multi. Okay. Yeah, uh, well, it's there. It, it's there. Uh, yeah. I don't know that it's a, a top five for me, okay. but um, I might even put crisp in yeah, there. Yeah, I was going to say crisp would crisp. be the one I put there. Yeah. Nice. And then number five, light. Yeah. Hmm? It's definitely light. Light. It is, it is light. All right. Well, keep uh, the train rolling here. The, we're leaving the station. And uh, what do we got? Yeah. Uh, so no. in terms of untapped user thoughts on this one the first one comes from okay. trevor uh doc stout so mm. obviously trevor stout likes guy. his stouts drinking a cold show. also could be a doctor oh could be uh on january 22nd said some doughy bready notes light yeast as well and uh trevor gave it a 3.5 out of 5 all right interesting now brian handle Barley Boys with a Z. Makes what? sense. He's going to like the all barley brew being yeah, a barley boy. I was just yeah. thinking that. You got to get a barley boy for a barley brew. Uh, <laughs> on January 22nd, uh, state the following. Multi doughy. Sounds familiar. A couple of doughy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a couple, couple dough boys over here. Uh, uh, Baker spice encrusted apple. A little deep for a Kolsch, but a nice drinker. And gave it a 3 out of 5. Or 3.5 out of 5, sorry. Interesting. Um, all right. So for myself... I'll get the party started uh, as we move into the seventh inning stretch here shortly. Uh, I'm going to give it a a four. I'm going to give it a four. Mm. Yes. I, I was kind of 
stuck in between. So I'm going to go with a 3.75. I wasn't sure about that or a four, but I'm going 3.75. So when I had this back in July, I rated a 3.75. Uh, that is going to change. Also, maybe because I drank it out of the can the first time. Now I'm using the proper glassware. Okay. I'm going to give this one a four. Producer Elliot, really slow, might be getting hung up there, uh, but he's going to give it a 3.5. Right. Tyler, what team overall score does that give us? Yeah, that's going to give us a 3.8125. 3.8125. We're going to round that down to a 3.75. Should we? We have two fours, though. We do, but if you take a look at the math, right? 3.75, yes. 3.8125. The, the, the math rounds down, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Damn math! Yeah, we'll round that down to 3.75. And we, we will, uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to go on to beer number two. All right, we're sliding into second here. And we're safe! We are safe for yes. our second beer. Upon further review. Still safe. Wow. Yep. And it is uh, Farm League's newest release. This one is a West Coast IPA. Uh, and after a very extensive Google slash Instagram search, the brewery decided to call it West Coast Hoppers because in their eyes, no one else had taken that sweet name yet. So uh, this <laughs> one uh, comes in at 6.3 ABV. And again, no IBUs listed because that's not really something that they're tracking. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess we got to thank Jesse James for this one, right? Correct. Good. Or uh, Paul Junior, Paul Senior. You know. Yeah. No. There we go. Uh, <laughs> this beer is a reach back to the roots of a West Coast, utilizing all barley again. Yes. Along with the crystal malt and North American ale yeast. So we'll kind of see how this kind of differs a little bit from the last uh, kind of Kolsch. And obviously a bit of a different style. So we'll see what that kind of looks like. So it's utilizing the dry hop um, of Simcoe, Chinook, Centennial, and then the Amarillo. Um, I don't know. I just feel like Amarillo skies. Um, this okay, will, Jason Aldean. There you go. This will be bringing notes of Dankness, Pine, and then the Rhine Zest. So it says... Yes. Okay. We will Actually, see. so Matt said. Okay. Matt Matt said that. Matt did? So he should. Well, know. you know what, Matt? I'll let you know if uh, that's what we get. Okay. okay. Uh, so the beer is going to pour a uh, copper color, dark gold with a rich off white head. A rich or a witch? <laughs> rich. Off. All right. Okay. English is hard. Apparently, glycol, glycol. I, I couldn't get it nice. right earlier. Good yeah. callback. Uh, oh, yeah. boy. You're welcome. Clean that up nicely. <laughs> yes. So, English, the English language is very hard for me to get out. Yes. I'm like Ron Burgundy. Anything that's in front of me, I will read. Yep. Uh, anyway, this is hoping that uh, this beer will compare you back to a simpler time when IPAs were bitter and Blink 182 was huge, or maybe like American Chopper, West Coast Choppers, all you watched on TV. It or might, like, you know, when Jesse James was uh, married to Sandra Bullock. Yeah, it might also bring you back to a simpler time where there's no longer going to be, you know, double headers that are seven innings, uh, which right. we'll, we'll bring that no up later. Ghost Runner at second base. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, on on tap for this beer, there are only five check-ins as we record this. So we mentioned it's their newest release. So makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Freshest, too. This is damn fresh. Yeah, oh, and, and because there's only five check-ins, there's actually no overall rating. So, I guess we'll kind of we 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 do have an overall rating that we kind of actually uh, did a little math. Oh, producer Elliot, oh, go and yeah. do it. It's okay. not it's not official official, but it's official for Elliot. Right, and that's what counts. There it is. All right, so let's grab our glass, grab our beers, and let's open her up. All right. 
Well, we are drinking this beer out of an IPA glass today, so make sure to use your proper glassware. I like this. It's a nice pour. Everybody, how's, how's everybody's pours? Very well, nice. None has ended up on the um, carpet yet, so that's good. That's a very nice pour. I think, look at that, bread. I think we've got a very identical pour mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Chris, a little less on the head, but that's okay. So we do have that copper uh, kind of look coming through. Absolutely. Um, yes. A little bit different than the Kolsch. Kolsch was more of that apple uh, juiciness. Um, and this here is more of a the copper kind of color. Mm-hmm. With that rich uh, off-white head that you can see, probably about... Right. Uh, Two fingers, if I measure correctly, horizontal versus vertical. Good job. Uh, two fingers. You're learning. You know what? This podcast teaches not only the listeners, but also the host. So it's, it's true. It's, it's, it's true. very true. It's true. Especially Brett. Yeah. <laughs> I need all the help I can get. Let's be serious. There you go. No, but uh, I think it's a good observation. We're talking about very condensed, tight um, forming of, of the head as well. Yeah. So sometimes you do see this. And I think this uh, this beer is going to lace really nicely. So maybe mm-hmm. we take a note of that as we get halfway through. And also, if you, if you look at it, it kind of starts at the bottom. If you're using your proper glassware in terms of an IPA glass, yeah. uh, lighter at the bottom as, as it kind of continues to get up top, does get a little darker. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like that uh, push of the flavors and the smells through the nose, right? Well, speaking of smells, this is very, very reminiscent of... A West Coast IPA. Like I smell this and this is exactly what I was expecting in a West Coast IPA. A little bit of kind of like citrus, citrusy slash peach kind of coming through, but also that hoppiness on and, the nose. And Matt did state this is kind of their play, sort of speak on the Amsterdam Bone Shaker. Okay. Right. Uh, if you guys right, are familiar right. with that. Very familiar. Uh, and speaking of the can. Now, if you guys are familiar with the West Coast Choppers logo. Yes. Um, this is pretty close to copyright infringement because it is literally the West Coast Choppers logo, but instead of a C, there's an H. Yeah. And you know, I, I like this stuff. I like the punniness of yeah. it. Oh, I, me too. I enjoy that. It's probably not as bad as the 5A Live. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely I agree. It's a, it's a copyright infringement here. Right. <laughs> but I, should say, I should say not bringing the H because Choppers technically does still have an H in it. Yeah, right. you're just you're reducing really the, the C. C out. You're they, cutting the C They out. chopped the C. Yeah. Oh, look at you <laughs> go with the punniness. So I know. The, the difference between maybe this and the bone shaker, we don't really like to, I, I mean, we, we do compare beers a lot. We do. Know, more on a personal standpoint than kind of in the episode because we really like to kind of highlight what we're actually doing. But Bone Shaker is a 7.1. This is a 6.3%. So they're a little bit different with that. So a little bit lighter on the alcohol content, which might mean that we're going to really kind of focus in on the flavors as we go through it. So um, let's start sipping, fellas. Yeah, speaking of flavors, let's taste it. Yeah, let's do that. You're speaking a lot of things. Smells, looks, flavors. Anything else you'd like to speak of? Maybe talk to us about this beer. Mm. Well... Uh, definitely has, you know, the bitterness that you would expect from an, a West Coast IPA. Strong uh, bitterness, yeah. Mm-hmm. In our conversation with Matt, uh, I did ask him about the IBUs, and that's when he said that they don't really keep track of it. But he kind of estimated that it's between 60 and 75, I think he said. So that's pretty standard for a West Coast, um, but it's not overpoweringly bitter. Uh, you do get a little bit of uh, of that citrusiness and... Um, yeah, like kind of rindiness, which I think contributes to the bitterness as well. I'm getting like the pine rind yeah. and the, the citrus up front and then the pine rind at the end on my, with the bitterness. I, yeah, I'm getting strong bitter myself. Um, yeah. Like, like bit, bitter heavy for me. Um, I don't know if, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
it, I don't it, know. It's definitely a, not a light beer. It, it drinks heavy. It, it does it does drink heavier. I think that uh, the citrus kind of is a little bit subdued and kind of overpowered by maybe some of the bitterness for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you talked about can art on this one. This this can art is different than the big ticket and, and what that kind of looks like. And I'm just wondering if it's just because it's newer and they have just like slapped this label on it. But in terms of uh, the, the flavor aspect of it, I do see this the citrus kind of coming out a little bit. Not so much the pine portion of it. Um, I'm not getting a whole lot of the zest but I am getting citrus and, and maybe mm-hmm. that, that is a contributed to the, the, the zesty portion of it. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting more of a, a, a stronger, bitter kind of flavor on myself. Okay. Well, yeah. top five flavor profile. Should we get there? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So number one, citrusy. Yeah. I, I mean, there is citrus ness if you will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we will. But uh, definitely not number one, I don't think. Um, and producer Elliot is saying bitter number one. Oh, I, yeah, would, I, think I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So number two, smooth. No. No, I'm no. not really getting it. And again, there's only been five check-ins, so you're kind of right. getting yep. people kind of just clicking certain buttons. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, maybe from their previous beers or whatever, but I think maybe Hoppy would fit here. Producer Elliot uh, does agree with me on that one. Yeah. Um, number three, apparently, is Hoppy. Um, so just hopping along to hop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Elliot Easter think, is coming. Yeah, Elliot thinks zesty. Tyler, go. do you agree with that? I, I can see zesty. I think it, it is probably further down the list okay. uh, myself. Uh, four uh, from Untapped is bitter. Um, we're thinking up. kind of that, maybe that move that citrus kind of down there. I would move bitter up personally. Yeah, I, I feel like this is a very bitter beer. Yeah, bitter. I think we said is number yeah, one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Did that, yeah. Yeah. And number five, zesty. Um, we kind of get that number three. So, uh, pretty sure has some suggestions like smooth, uh, pine, which I, I think is involved, strong as well. Yeah. Um, I think this is a strong beer at the what was it, six point three percent. I think it drinks a little bit heavier than that. Yeah, it may not feel the same in an hour. I mean. Might be able to uh, crush more, couple, couple more of these, but I was going to say sometimes we have beers like IPAs, especially where it's a higher ABV and it doesn't feel like it. This is you definitely can tell that it's six point three, and yeah, it almost drinks a little bit more than six point three. Yeah, um, but yeah, this one I was I was hoping to get a little bit more citrusiness from it. Um, Same here, and but, I think that's maybe where I'm kind of coming from too. Yeah, um, let's kind of move this along a little bit here. So uh, originally, when we kind of looked at uh, putting some bullet points down for the script, there was uh, I think two reviews, and that's actually shifted now to five total reviews. Um, and then we have a couple of comments. So um, let's go to you, Brett. Maybe you can read out Roberts first, and then uh, Chris. Maybe you do Daniels after, and you then I'll do some of the, the tail end there of Daniels. I like first. how you swung Roberts' review to me because there's a, not a whole lot of words, so I can't stumble over. Him. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. sure you'll find a way. <laughs> oh, yeah, I might actually. <laughs> <laughs> On uh, March 9th, uh, said, too multi. Mm. Okay, this is from Robert B. Beer Runner Rob. Uh, he gave it a 2.75. Good job. Yeah. Uh, the next one, yeah, comes from Daniel G. Uh, handle is Grenin. On March 13th, said, smooth, malty, hoppy, citrusy with a nice, fruity, bitter finish. Very easy drinking IPA. And Daniel rated it a four out of five. Yeah. 
So again, there was five total uh, ratings on this. One of them was actually private, and so when we did the math on it, just kind of came out to uh, the overall of three point four three out of the five. So that's where we kind of stand with this beer on the Untapped community. Again, super super small sample size. Yeah. But uh, Chris, do you want to get us started there, big guy? Yeah. So out of five bottle caps, I think I'm gonna be pretty similar to the you know very small so far Untapped community on this beer. And I'm going to give it a 3.5. Okay. Myself, um, I'm going to sit at the 3.75. All right. And for me, I'm going to come in a little bit lower. Um, I'm going to come in at the 2.75, similar to the mm. Beer Runner Rob. And Elliot is giving it a 3.0. Perfect. So what's that give us overall there, Chris? So overall, that gives us a 3.25 on the nose, so we do not need to worry about rounding. Oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) That concludes the review of Farm League and the beers that were provided for today's episode. Excellent. So coming up, we're going to actually have a discussion about baseball, and that is on deck. All right, we are in the home stretch here. This is the ninth inning. Welcome, everybody. Um, this is a World Series kind of thing, right? And I'm in the close. Ooh. Oh, that's not Game good. over. Not good. All right, so from uh, Farm League to the big leagues, we wanted to take a look at the new collective bargaining agreement. We know that this might be the uh, best topic that we've ever talked about, and then also the worst topic for some of our listeners as well. Um, <laughs> so MLB did come through with a CBA recently. Thank God. Yeah. So I think I can say for everyone that we are excited that the lockout is over 99 uh, days and baseball, as Chris said, is back, baby. I'm so, sure some players, or I heard some players were a little upset they didn't get to the 100 days. Yeah. Was, but yeah. I didn't realize Max yeah. Scherzer was over there. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right, so we'll kind of run through some of the changes and what that looks like. Um, we're all baseball fans here, and um, I'm, you know what? To kind of give a little bit of a preamble to this is um, it's it's been a very difficult two two plus years with everything going on. Um, kind of going through and and planning a, a little bit of a bachelor party for myself um, with the help of um, Chris as well as my friend Matt, and uh, we wanted to set up something for for Pittsburgh and PNC Park, which is a beautiful ballpark. So we're told it is excited. And, and so you know what, when this uh, information came through, I was. Um, I was really happy. I was re- I was really happy with that. And shotgun to Bud Light, didn't you? I did not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a big ticket, maybe. Uh, <laughs> the fact that we can actually go see a, a, a ball game in person um, right now is, is huge. So from the mental health standpoint, I'm really happy that they could lock this in and, and do this for the fans. So the lockout officially ended at 7 p.m. Eastern on uh, Thursday, March 10th, which meant free agency, trade, salary, arbitration, everything could kind of happen, right? Yep. Um, so we're really excited for that stuff. So um, the duration of that CBA is now from 2022 to 2026. And then there's a little bit of a caveat in there, but the expiration of this one at least gets us to 2026. So, yes. um, Chris, let, let, let's uh, five more years till our next lockout. Yeah, Chris, do you want to talk <laughs> about the, the the ratification of this, and then we we'll kind of go through some of the points as we do it and we talk about it. Yeah. So the owners voted 30 nothing in favor, which is not a surprise because uh, you know, spoiler alert, <laughs> they, made, I, they made the deal. <laughs> I, I I think this agreement heavily favorable. favors the owners. Yep. Um, the players board. 
board voted 26-12 to accept the deal, which is actually interesting because the executive board, which is eight players, voted 8 nothing to decline it. Also, did you know that they are all Scott Boris clients? Well, not all of them. Five of the eight are Scott Boris. And it was, I believe, the Yankees, Mets, Angels, and Cardinals that voted against it. Yeah. Yeah. So not really surprising there, but um, yeah, it, it is interesting that the players, I would say, are somewhat divided in terms of the haves versus right. the have-nots. Yeah, and you think as being the Astros, they said no as well. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Producer Elliot coming in. Uh, angel, uh, Astros instead of Angels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My bad. Yeah. But, I mean, the Astros, like, you kind of screwed up things in the past. Relax. You have <laughs> you have cheated before. Brett, are we getting a full 162 or are we doing with here? We get a full 162. Thank the good Lord. Obviously, I, I'm just going to use the Jays as an example. They're losing yep. three games against the Rays and three games against the Orioles. Now they're going to be made up in double headers. So so they're not lost. No, they're not lost now, but it's okay. going to be scheduled double headers and off days throughout the season. Yeah, we uh, about it that does help bit. at least for the Jays that it's two teams that they play very regularly versus other teams that maybe might have to have an interleague squad at the right. f- And they are right? expanding three days yes. in October yeah. and uh, we, past this. I think it's the second or third. Right. Uh, and yeah. And we'll talk about the double headers in a bit, but like spring training, even as we sit here recording it, like players are showing up, right? Um, a lot of players aren't even signed yet as yeah. we record. I also this. think a yeah. lot of players knew it was happening this week. So they kind of got their travel they're planned all, and whatnot and they're yeah. ready to go. Right. Uh, MLB set up that like kind of like quasi like yeah, training facility. It's, it's like, right, like, yeah. You want to show up to do this. Right. So, um, yeah, I think games are starting March 17th or 18th, depending on uh, what you look at. And um, I think a lot start on the 17th. The Jays, I believe, start on the 18th, um, which is um, good. It's good to see. It's, it's nice to be back. Yeah. Chris, you and I took a trip out to uh, Florida for spring training. We and did, down co- to Dunedin, yeah. Quite an experience, right? Like, it was a good time. Oh, my God. Thank Spr- you so much. Spring so training much. is just so chill. chill. Yeah. yeah. Like the fact that you can talk to the players in a yeah. different kind of capacity than like when you get to Rogers Center and you're in the regular season, it's like, no, this is this is what you get, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, let's so, be serious. There'd be no other reason to go to the Needham besides spring training, right? There's a lot of reasons, actually. It's a really good spot. Uh, <laughs> extended playoffs. Yes. So the owners wanted 14, but in the end, they agreed to 12 because originally there was 10. Right. Um, so now there's going to be three division winners and three wildcard teams in each league, which I believe does favor the Blue Jays because if it was last year, they would have been in. Absolutely. And I think they yeah. would have went on and run around, won the damn thing. Wow. Anyway, um, so the top two division winners in each league will receive a bye for the wildcard round. And unlike sim- single elimination games with the wildcard in the past, now the remaining four teams per league will play a best of three. Right. And the third division winner will be the highest seed in that group with other clubs sorted by their win-loss record. Yeah, so which, which is interesting because now the two, you know, there's always been kind of a hesit- as hesitancy in MLB to have a buy because mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball, you're used to playing every day. And right. so now the top two teams are kind of going to be sitting around for you know, potentially mm-hmm. five days. Right. I'm pretty sure though that the best of three is in the same ballpark. They're not doing a uh, one, one, one. I'm pretty sure it's at the home, home seat. At ballpark. the home one. Yeah. yeah. And then, so no more tiebreaker games, right? So in the past, you know, we right. had the identical records. If that was the case, then we did 162 in the division. We'll play the game 163. So a tiebreaker now is gone. So now MLB will now follow a system more closely aligned with the NFL. So does anybody want to kind of talk about what that looks this like? This is the only thing I disagree with. Uh, this year, I understand because you're expanding th- like the uh, season by three days and you got to kind of cram everything in because you still want to keep those World Series dates. I get that. Past that, um, if let's say, for example, if the Jays lose out this year because they didn't win enough games against the Yankees, I'm going to be super, super pissed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Chris, why don't you take the next one there? Yeah, let's, so let's talk about this one a little bit too. This is a godsend. Universal, universal DH. Like nobody wants to see National League pitchers. I, I, I wish do. it was the other way around. I wish it was both American and National League. Okay, that well, bat. Th- that's a disgrace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I figure this would be a little bit of a talking point. Like so nobody, nobody wants to see a pitcher hit 100. Like I do. We just don't. <laughs> I so, do. So. I, I, I enjoyed the fact that there was a difference between the AL and the NL. I enjoyed that. But what... I, I, I don't know why that matters. The only thing this, this benefits is Nelson Cruz. <laughs> yeah. Because he Nelson gets another Cruz three will, years because he can yeah. DH in no, it, it Pittsburgh, ben- for it, God's sake. It benefits the fans because they don't have to watch a pitcher try to bunt and fail miserably. But you know what? Hey, like, that's why do better, be better. So the, the, this is kind of why I enjoy the difference between the two, is that in the NL, it, it's it's no surprise I'm a small ball kind of guy, and I do enjoy the fact that like you have to be able to bunt you if you're going to be a pitcher in there you don't have to be a, a lost spot in the nine hole. No, because I want my pitchers to pitch. I don't want my pitchers to try to yeah, hit or try to but bunt. That, that's the beauty of it, right? You have that in the AL. Give me what I want in the NL. I'm not saying you have to have everything. No. Why do you have to have everything, Chris? I'm a big fan of Universal DH. Well, and that, that makes one of the three. Uh, <laughs> you want to know what I'm not a big fan of? Banning the shift. Ooh. No, I'm a big fan of that. Oh, my God. It's not baseball. I've been, guy, speaking, from a, speaking from a person who gets shifted on more than I'd like to be because I'm a left-handed hitter who pulls a lot, and I've had three people just bunt down the third base. So, so you're saying... Banning the shift is not baseball. So in you know two thousand before two thousand ten, when nobody was shifting, that was not baseball. It was baseball, but let me tell you, <laughs> Joey Gallo all of a sudden becomes way more popular because there's only two side, there's only two guys on the left side of the infield besides plus three guys, right? Yeah, like Joey Gallo's average is going to go up. Well, and, uh, be, my French because there, but forty points. Everything yeah. is catered towards attracting people to be interested in the game. The casual casual fans absolutely hate the shift, right? I, so, I disagree. I think no. if you're a traditional baseball fan, you appreciate the shift. Yeah, but casual fans, they don't care about traditional <laughs> because traditional will come no matter what. Casual fans have to get interested in the game. Yeah. Casual fans get more interested in it to know that the shift it should See, be part of the game. I, this is what I love. And we'll probably, hopefully, if we talk to Elliot here, Post some of these questions on our Instagram so that way you can chime in as well. I think it's a very interesting debate. There's a couple other things I'm just going to kind of roll through here. So just for the sake of time, sponsor patches and helmet decals. Clubs are now going to be allowed to reach out to their own sponsorship deals. And maybe this is part of the reason why uh, the the Skydome, I'm going to call it as it is, the Skydome has expanded their outdoor um, or their, uh, their video board. And they've removed some of their sponsors from there because maybe they can get those sponsors now on a patch or a helmet. I, I mean, or this, a screen. Just, this just makes sense. Every other yeah. league is yeah. doing this. Exactly. So why not? I'm, I'm okay with that. We, we have seen an increase in uh, minimum salaries uh, from 129 and a half thousand from uh, 2001 to 700,000 in 2022. Uh, I think it was 529,000 This is in the information. 2021. This is the information that I got. He's talking oh. 2001. Yeah, no, this is the information that I, f- I found on there. So, um, again, I, there, there's probably a bit of a discrepancy. So, 700000 to 780000 um, it, it pays the players. Which is I, nice. I mean, this, you know, for people like us is a big deal. For them, it's not really a big deal. Yeah, I think the uh, bonus breakdown is a little bit different too, right? So, if you um, get an MVP Cy Young, you get some money. You get a runner-up, yep. you get this kind of money. And there's now a pool of money that's out there. So, anything that's not claimed by these individuals... 
um, based on what they, what they get, is it's actually going to be distributed to the top 100 individuals, rookies, pre-arbitration defined by the war system. Yeah, see, this is the kind of thing that has caused issues in the NBA, um, where people's salaries are tied to results in all NBA teams. Right. Um, the, these are voted on by media, and they're basically deciding how much players earn. I don't like it at all. And so it's, I'm glad that you mentioned that because some of the uh, media have said, you know what, I don't have the right to do this. And have right. actually abstained from their vote. Right, now, but that hurts them as well, right? Well, for sure. Like, so let's say, hypothetically, if we look at the NL Cy Young Award winner, Corbin Burns, last year, right? He would have got 608000 His salary would have jumped to $4.2 million right. last year. Now, while the Rookie of the Year winners, like uh, Rainier uh, Rosarena and Jonathan uh, India, would have seen their respective salaries more than triple. So it is an incentive to go out there and play the best that you can possibly play. But I agree that some of that voting aspect from the uh, the writers, the Baseball Writers yeah. Association, yeah. should like, be kind of You look at a guy like Jason Tatum in the NBA for the Celtics. Last year, he missed the third team All-NBA by a couple votes, and he lost out on $30 million because right. of that. So, Brett... Where are we going to be doing some tours here? This is this is I find this exciting because you want to spread baseball throughout yep. the world. Where are we going? I mean, they've been to a couple of these places before, obviously, but yeah. uh, Mexico, Asia, Puerto Rico, uh, London, London, pa- Ontario. Yes, oh, yes. Let's let's pick at, uh, up. that park. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Paris, and obviously uh, Dominican Republic. Um, they've played in Puerto Rico, you know, but the downfall, the expos, and everything like that. But we won't get into that. Sorry today. Uh, a couple other changes. So in 2023, the teams are going to play a more balanced regular schedule with all teams playing the other 29 in at least one series, obviously with the Universal DH being involved. It's kind of more similar. Thank, just- thank God, yeah. because I am sick of playing each division team six series. Right. Like, I agree. That's ridiculous. And it wouldn't yep. surprise me if before, maybe the next CBA that it, instead of divisions, it's literally just 15 here, 15 here in the top six. Yeah. Make, yeah. make, Whatever that make looks it right. Like. Uh, also, the parties have agreed to continue the 26-man roster limit, 28 in September, with a limit of 13 pitchers on the roster and 14 in September. I honestly think that might be, you might see 28 in April too, just because of the short time frame to switch over. Okay. Yeah. I Fair wouldn't enough. be surprised yeah. with that. Cool. Um, and then also the flexibility on the MLB trade line is on a date between July 28th and August 3rd. So it always used to be July 31st. There might be some flexibility when it comes to yeah, that. They probably want to have it on a weekday. That's For sure. Why. And just so you know, I've closed it out. I got the save. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, touch them all, Joe. But, uh, touch them all, Joe. You'll never get a bigger home run in your life. There you go. All right. We'll be back with our goodbyes. And we are for sure interested in what your opinions are on this matter as well. All right, that's the game, folks. So for today's episode, we are done. We are out of here. We hit the are. showers, kids. No doubleheader today, boys. Sorry. Uh, no, nope, that's game over. No extras either. Thanks again for listening. Keep on listening every other Thursday as Craft Beer Connoisseurs releases a new episode and on our off Thursdays for a producer special. Make sure to tell your friends, family, and your favorite Scott Boris client, because when dealing with him, they're going to need some beers. Yeah, so from all of us and producer Elliot, I'm Tyler. I'm Brett. And I'm Chris, and together we're the Craft Beer Connoisseurs.